This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 47 and all the way in verse 29, we're going to finish out 47 for the week. And it is, it is basically Jacob and Joseph having a conversation and Jacob seeking Joseph to bury him back in the land of his forefathers. And it's a very touching time. It's an important time because Jacob and Joseph realized that Jacob is never going to make it back to his homeland. He's never going back there because their family is prospering in Egypt. God is blessing them, and there's not going to be a real reason to leave and go back, even though they own property there, even though there is a place for them to bury their dead there. They're never going back. And in in many ways, that's how life works. You find where God has used you, what the place that you were made for, and that may be many different places over the course of a lifetime, but God has definitely ordered the steps of the righteous, and he has a place, and he has a, a, a place for you to prosper, and a place where in your season, in that time period, he will produce fruit in your life. And those places do change. They do are they are altered, but you need to always be looking for the place where God can produce fruit in your life. Now, he doesn't produce fruit all the time in those places because remember, we produce fruit in season. But you can know when, if you consider yourself a plant, which is the metaphor we're using here, when God plants us in a place, there's a time to, to there's a time to grow. And then there's also a time to, there's a time to, to produce fruit. And if you're in a place where you're growing, well, you're probably in a place where God has you. If you're really expanding your territory, growing in your knowledge, growing in your love of God, growing in your understanding of God's plan for your life, then you're in a good place. If you're in a place where you're producing a lot of fruit for the kingdom of God, you're probably in the place where God has for you. If you're in a place where you're unsure and you don't know what you should be doing, or there's instability in the sense that you just don't have a peace about it, it could be that you're in the right place. It just might be you're not doing the right thing, or it could be that you're in the wrong place, that God is preparing your heart to move you to something else or to move you to a new location. Oftentimes I talk to people, especially about their jobs, and they're just, they're at a place just of unsatisfaction. They just don't know what it is. Now, I don't tell them to quit their job and then go looking for another job. I tell them if there's a, if there's a note of, if you're unsatisfied, if there's not a piece about what God has you doing there, and you don't have a clear direction that God told you to be there and he'll give you an idea of where to go because oftentimes God tells us to be places where we're going to be growing ourselves. We're going to be learning and becoming and we don't really like being there. We don't enjoy that place, but it's a great place of growth and maturity. And I can think of a couple of times in my life where that was the case. 
I was in a place where I didn't really enjoy being there, but boy, I was becoming a lot of things that God was going to use later in that place. You need to look around and say, am I really, am I really becoming more? Am I, am I really being stretched? Am I being made into something better and more in this location? If you are, then I would tell you to stay there and allow God to continue to stretch you. But if you're just stagnant and there's no growth, there's no fruit, and there no there seems to be no sense of purpose in where you're at. God may be preparing you to move to a new location, or he may be preparing you in the pro- professional sense or vocational sense. He may be preparing to move you to a new job <clears throat> where you can grow or where you can produce fruit. And remember, growing and producing fruit do happen separately. There's growth, and then there's in that growth, I learned how to produce fruit, and I produce fruit. And then as I'm producing fruit, sometimes I'm growing. And you need to be doing that. That needs to be taking place in your life all the time. And oftentimes we get to a place and our plan was to go on farther and God stops that plan. That was not his plan. That was our plan. One of my major plans in life at early age was to be in politics. And although there have been seemed to be at times maybe an open door here or there to get involved in that, the truth it never really had a real open door for that. God never really made that a possibility. And you know what? That's fine. Realizing that was a desire of my heart, but that was not a desire of God for me is a good thing. It's a a great thing to realize that. And that being said, a lot of the things that I thought were going to be tangential to that, that were going to work hand in hand with me going into that, God has given me. One of the things would have been an attorney. And he gave me that later in life. He gave, he, he put placed that in my life a lot later than what I expected it to be. And uh, one of the things I never expected to be was a pastor. And that's something that I've been, I've been doing since I was 22 years old. And that's, uh, that's something that's just astonishing to me that I am doing this or teaching God's word or, or being a part of this. It astonishes me that people even want to hear what I got to say. But that being said, I understand that's God's plan for my life. And then there have been places where I've been where I didn't want to be. And God was clearly um, teaching, growing, and making me in those places. And then there's been places where I've loved to be. And usually those are the places where you're producing fruit, where you really see God's hand using you to do good things for your family, good things for the world you live in, good things for the people around you, and good things for yourself. And uh, those those are exciting times, and uh, I feel like for the, these times are, are those fruitful times. And so, what a wonderful way to be! And let me tell you, as you get older, you're going to find that your ability to have fruitful times is is expanded. Especially if you've been grown a whole lot in your younger years, They're, the fruitful times tend to come, and they tend to work out more and more as you get older and older. And Jacob understood that he was in Egypt and that his family was finally prospering. They were finally growing. They were finally becoming. They were in a place where they could, where they had favor. And that, that's, a, that's another place that to understand that you have. So many times you, you languish in a place where the favor of God is not on you, and your, your influence over the world you live in is not there. And I even, I've talked to even some folks in our church, even though our church is fairly young and you're, you have favor in this area, but you're toiling in that area. Why are you continuing to toil in that area and produce no fruit when it's quite clear that you've branched out in your life and are working in this area and you're producing fruit? Why, why are you doing, why are you doing that? 
And it's quite clear that they need to grab hold to the things that God is working in. They need to join God in what he's doing. And they need to move away from the things that God clearly doesn't have his hand on. And uh, that's that, that's that Blackerby understanding that we, that God's always at work and we're to join him in the work that he's doing. And uh, that's a, that's an act of faith. And so that's what Jacob does. And so it says in verse 29, when the time drew near that Israel must die, notice he's getting older and the older we get, the more cognizant we are that we're going to die. And, uh, but I would say this, don't sit down and just wait on death to come. If I were you, I'd be out there doing more and more. And I will say this, I've seen people gain great health and great gain great purpose when they've decided in their heart to serve God in their older age. And uh, in many ways, I think that that faith and that walking in faith sustains them through those years and makes, makes those years wonderful. And you shouldn't, as you get older, and I know we've been dealing with older folks this week a lot, but the truth is that we're dealing with Jacob in his old age. And when you get older, those years can be really powerful and productive years, and they should not be wasted waiting to die. I think that's obvious, don't you? We shouldn't waste our later years waiting to die, but so many do. So many do. He said, when the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, now, if I found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh. And that was a method of method of swearing. That was a, a covenant type method of coming to an agreement. There's all kinds of implications for that. There's all kinds of try to of explanations for that. Some of them are some of them are stranger than others. <laughs> I guess that's the best way for me to put it. Some of the explanations of this this pseudonym of put your hand under my thigh. I think it was actually that they did it. I don't know exactly where in the thigh they put their hand, and I don't know exactly what that meant. But it was a a method by which you would make an agreement or you would make a promise to someone. And if you want to look that up and explore all the different machinations about what this might mean, feel free. It's, it's a rabbit hole that I just found not all that inspiring. And so he says, now, if I found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Now, that's the whole point of putting your hand under the thigh is that you would be truthful and that you would do right by someone. Please do not bury me in Egypt. And this is important to Jacob that he be buried with his forefathers. That's a, that's of great importance to him. And it's a cultural thing. It is, it is, he wants to be in the promised land and not in the world. And people's desires for how their funerals go is not a new thing. That is something that's happened, well, apparently all the way back to Jacob and before him. Where they die and how they die and who, where they lie after they die is always important. He says, but let me die. Let me lie with my fathers. And he, he asked Joseph to take care of this business for him. And you know what you do when somebody asks you to do that? You tell them you're going to do that. Now, that being said, let's not go lonesome dove on them and make, and make this long journey back carrying this body so he can, Gus can be buried back where they began. That was a few, his friend. That, that was foolishness. There, there are some things that are not required. That being said, if somebody wants something to happen at the funeral, their last request, we try to honor those things and we try to work those things out. That being said, when you're dead, you won't care. And so if you're out there trying to figure out how to make 
your last hurrah on this earth after you're dead. Try to make your legacy of who you are in Christ be your last hurrah on this earth. Try to make who you are in Jesus be the most important thing that you leave. True legacies are spiritual legacies. True legacies are legacies that carry on in those who you have loved and those who've loved you the most in this world. And I can go into all the different sayings about you can't take it with you, all the different sayings about nobody, nobody said on their deathbed, I wish I'd spent more time at work. Nobody ever says that at all, and it's true. It's absolutely true. Nobody ever claims that, that they should have worked more or done more in this world. They always care more, most of all about their family and their friends and the relationships they've had and those are always of the most important things in life. And they are they're the things that, that life is focused about and focused on. And so I would say to you, if you want to leave a legacy, if you want to make a last big bang before you or after you go out of this world, make the bang now. Change lives now. Invest in others now. Love people now in the day you live and build that honor and respect in the moments and the hours that you walk on this earth today. But the truth is that you can you where I'm buried and how I'm buried is not really relevant, but <clears throat> where my life was invested and how it was invested in others is of utmost relevance. And he wanted to be buried with his forefathers in Egypt and in, in, in Canaan, and he said, you shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. Now, we're going to see another chapter where they actually go and do this. And he said, I will do as you said. And that's exactly what Joshua, what Joseph should have said. Joseph said, I'll do as you've asked. I'm going to go and bury you where you've asked me to bury you. And he'll do it. He's going to live up to it. Now, that doesn't mean that that needs to be the focus of your life. Then he said, swear to me. And he swore to him. So Israel bowed down himself on the on the head of the bed. And that's a picture of him, him getting, him having his final, his final decision in life to be buried with his forefathers. Let me say this, death is a very strange thing and how people deal with it is very strange. And I realize that my dealings with death and how I view death can be very strange to people. Death is, uh, has no victory and it has no sting. It is, it, it, to be dead in the body is to be present with the Lord. Death is just the natural end to the physical life, but really it's the very beginning of your full understanding of the spiritual life. You have a spiritual life and you walk in that and God is trying to reveal himself in that spiritual walk that you're in. And he is, he's trying to show you what real life is all about. But the truth is death is the real beginning of a full understanding of that life. And it is the beginning of spiritual power. And it is the beginning of spiritual awakening that you cannot comprehend until you cross over to the other side. And uh, so death has no victory or sting over us because it is really the beginning of the eternal in the sense of us fully understanding it. The beginning of the eternal is, is the new birth. He pl Jesus places in us eternal life, but the full understanding of it doesn't really take place until we finally cross over and we are unencumbered by these sinful fleshly bodies 
these wayward wills of our hearts and our minds. We're no longer encumbered by those things and we're made whole before God. And that is a beautiful thing. It is it is beautiful to God. He loves the death of his saints because ultimately they get to experience what real life is. And uh, that is life with God eternal. And so I'm looking forward to that day. But while today is today, I need to be doing the work of the kingdom. And I need to be enjoying pre- preparation for what God has for me in these days. And praise God that he has. It's so exciting to join you in all the work that God has for us and all the things God has for us to do. The way that has been laid bare before us, the opportunities that God has manifest for us to do great ministry and to make great life change in those around us. What a wonderful, powerful opportunity God's given us, and he's given it to us old and young. It's so exciting to partner with Pastor Terry and myself and see him, even in his 70s, have a lust for life and a lust for and a desire to see the kingdom of God grown. It gives me great hope. It's inspiring for me. And it's, it should be inspiring inspiring for you if you're young that many are the days of God's work and God's ministry in your life. And so preparation needs to be made to, to be a part of that. And I pray that you will. Don't allow the world to distract you. Chase after the kingdom. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.